Welcome to another edition of Logical, the regular weekly podcast from the Dubai-based law firm HBL, Yamalava and Plethka. Still the Gulf region's first and only legal podcast. I'm Tim Elliott, here as ever at the firm's offices on the 18th floor of Reef Tower in Jamira Lakes Towers with the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalava. Ludmilla, lovely to see you. Good to see you as well. Now, in this edition of Logical, we're talking about the implications of two very specific instances of employment termination. Now, let me just paint a picture for you. You've just enjoyed annual leave. You've caught up with family. You've ticked a few more things maybe off the vacation bucket list. And you get back to work and you find you no longer have gainful employment, or at least the gainful employment that you previously had. Let's consider these two instances as follows. The first, a redundancy, and the person just happened to be away when the announcement was made at the firm they work for. The second, uh, we no longer need or want you type decision when a person got back after three weeks away. Two instances. But let's first take the instance of the person who arrives back to find that redundancy has been offered in inverted commas, while they were on vacation. It's not the greatest welcome back from a holiday, of course, but what can you do? Both very good questions and interesting scenarios and certainly are very uh, relevant and very topical for the same reasons you just mentioned. We've just um, passed our summer and um, as is typical in the UAE and in particular, a lot of people go away for the summer, and uh, now the school is back, uh, so all of them have by now returned. And uh, things have changed and evolved uh, and developed throughout the summer, and we have also heard a lot of cases of um, companies making decisions, HR decisions, during the summer while many of their employees were away. Uh, so yes, these are very, very typical uh, questions and and the very common scenarios this day this day and age. Uh, what do you do in the UAE? It's a little um, it's a little I don't want to say simpler, but we don't really distinguish here in terms of types of terminations. The redundancy, the term or the word redundancy is perhaps more of a European uh, import uh, word, uh, and then the legal concept in the UAE. There is just here is just there's a termination now there are different types of termination there's a termination for example for cause and um, there's a um, arbitrary termination uh, but in terms of um, redundancy package which is what you mentioned there isn't really a legal concept for what that means but what it means here is that I'll, I'll um, break up your questions with regards to someone, for example, being terminated while they're away. Mm. That is not allowed in the UAE. That is against the law. And in other words, to be more specific, if let's say you were in in Ireland for the summer and uh, while you were away, you perhaps received by email uh, an, a no- notice of your termination. Well, if you're on vacation, theoretically, you shouldn't really be receiving emails and shouldn't be reading emails. So it's very likely that you might not have read uh, that uh, email and therefore you're not aware that you have been terminated while you're away. And so um, that being said, we're all very connected this day and age and and chances also are that uh, depending on your position, you actually might have had your 
a mobile phone with you and might have received that email, so you are aware of, of, of the termination. Irrespective of whether you are aware or not, uh, the UAE uh, labor law or employment law uh, clearly states that one cannot be terminated while they're away. So what does that do? So let's say you did receive that termination and you were one who actually opened the email and read it, so therefore you were put on notice. Because of the way the UAE law is drafted, uh, effectively that notice becomes invalid, irrespective of whether you had knowledge of it or not. Uh, so because in the, in the previous scenario, if you had not opened your email and had not known about your termination, what does that do? How could you be terminated and you, you come three weeks later and uh, what does that do to your notice period, for example? Because the whole idea of notice is that you need to put on notice. But if you never opened your email and never knew about being terminated, then how can you uh, be um, put on notice? So that's one argument. But even if you were, if you were put on notice, uh, because the law clearly states one cannot be terminated while they're away, and that's the reasons perhaps for that law is exactly that. So it's not fair to expect for people to be put on notice of something like this while they're on vacation, one. And two, also the, the law does not want companies to abuse the process and use people's vacation uh, as substitute for notice period. Uh, so therefore, however you look at it, irrespective of the scenario, the law clearly states one cannot be terminated. Now, if you did receive that notice and now you come back to work, what does that mean? Well, effectively, the law clearly states that any notice, any termination notice that has been served while uh, the person is on vacation is invalid. That means the whole notice is invalid. So there are, legally, you could argue that you were never, you were never received the notice because if the notice is invalid, therefore, even when you return and you now actually have a copy of it, uh, but the copy dates back when, to when you were, uh, when you were on vacation, then effectively that notice is invalid and therefore you can disregard it altogether. Right. The company can, however, argue later that in fact you were put on notice and therefore because the, the whole idea of notice is to putting you on notice. And so therefore you knew that you were going to be terminated, therefore you should, um, that notice is still valid. And why I say that is because it depends on, depends on how you interpret it, uh, the, the actions of the companies matter next. And that is, does the company need to submit a new notice? And that is now, let's say it's October 1st, now I am submitting a new termination notice that is effective October 1st. Or can the company rely on the previously submitted notice as the notice? And the safer and the safer way for the company to do it is to submit a brand new notice um, that is um, that has a new date versus relying on the previous notice because by law that notice is is rendered invalid. And we have had cases exactly like that, where companies would argue, no, 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 but we did give the notice, and the person therefore knew. And the person, knowing the law, and uh, uh, argued that, no, 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 I still have not received the notice. Even sometimes these disputes go for months, mm -hmm. and the person uh, would argue, or the employee would argue, I have not received the notice, because that notice that you gave me back when I was on vacation is, in fact, invalid. Therefore, the whole document is invalid, is of no effect, and therefore, even as of now, I am still employed. So it's something as nuanced as that can actually uh, significantly and substantially alter and change the course of an employment relationship. And companies, we have seen companies who um, were forced, uh, obviously because of their own mistakes, to um, later on, fast forward a few months, 
uh, issue new notices and new notices and then new um, notice periods and uh, therefore uh, extend compensation uh, to incorporate or take into account that additional additional months of employment so it's um, it's kind of a small nuance but it can if not managed correctly lead to much more significant expenses for the company and and give the employees I guess uh, additional time uh, to uh, manage um, so that their termination. Okay, so for for this instance, let's take this as the example. You are fired when you're on holiday. You come back, and the company issues a new notice. You have uh, a thirty day notice period. Let's take that as uh, as an assumption. What's your legal position thereafter? Okay, thereafter, uh, let me give you sort of the. the the maximum and the minimum compensation package that could be granted to an employee uh, upon termination. Okay. Uh, so, and just for clarification purposes, in the UAE, for the most part, apart from one particular free zone being the DIC free zone, there is one uh, law that applies to all uh, all companies throughout the country, and that is the UAE labor law. Yeah. Uh, and so that's irrespective of what free zone uh, the company or the employees might be located and or which emirate so it is a federal law that applies across the board to all um, apart from the DIFC companies and employees uh, as per this employment law and we'll call it UAE labor law as is often referred to the maximum compensation an employee can uh, expect uh, is as follows it has ne- several components one is there's a notice period and the notice period by default the minimum notice period is one month so even if for example either the underlying employment contract or the termination notice does not include the notice period the default will also be always be minimum of one month and that's one month of full salary Uh, unless one of the employment documents uh, provides for a longer notice so you cannot shorten it by contract but you can uh, you can make it longer uh, and in the past, in particular, in the, for more senior positions, notice periods are often, um, well, at least in the past, they used to be six months. Um, and often for more senior staff, they can be three months. So the notice period is anywhere between one month to, uh, in, in general, it's about, about six months. So as per the agreement. But the minimum of one month. That, so you can expect that. So let's say if you came back and now you have been terminated as of October 1st and uh, the company can do one of two things as regards to with regards to the notice. It can it can have you work for that one month, and that would be your notice. Or it can decide that they do not want you to come in to work anymore as of October first and pay you in lieu of that notice. Gardening so, leave, effectively. It, that's yes, I guess that's the that's the European term, gardening yeah. leave. But again, in the UAE, it's it's commonly used, but in legal terms, it, there, there isn't really. A formal definition for that but yes it's basically you are being paid not to work and there's very little gardening often involved in gardening leave I <laughs> indeed uh, so so that's one element of compensation the right. other element is what's called the end of service uh, benefits and that's the UAE equivalent if you if you will of a pension payment right. and that is based on the employees uh, term or duration with a company and their and their total salary and in general terms, it's uh, 21 days for every year of service of, um, based on the basic salary. 
so for the first um, five years of employment and after the fifth year of employment, it's 30 days per year of basic salary. So that's called the end of service benefit. So let's say if you worked for six years, uh, you receive 21 days times five of your basic salary plus 30 days of times whatever your basic salary is. Um, and um, so you, you accumulate that and that more or less ends up probably being about three, uh, three to uh, uh, four months of salary. Full, full salary. So that's called the end of service. But that end of service is only due if the employee worked for the company for more than one year. So that's the second element. Right. The third one is what's called arbitrary dismissal. Okay. And arbitrary dismissal, and this is the element that um, that is relevant to your original question uh, uh, based on the type of uh, termination that you've been uh, served, either redundancy or just termination. Uh, and that is arbitrary dismissal is uh, compensation for uh, either t- t- arbitrary termination or premature termination. So let's say if you have a fixed contract for three years and now you have been terminated a year and a half into it, then irrespective of the reason, more or less because you have a fixed contract, uh, you have been prematurely terminated. So in by law, you're entitled to three months of full salary as compensation. And that is in addition to the notice and in addition to the end of service benefits uh, payment that you would have uh, accrued. Uh, now, for unlimited contracts, uh, that uh, the, the law states that it can be up to three months compensation if you're terminated arbitrarily. In general, the definition for what um, what means to be arbitrarily determined uh, or uh, terminated uh, is not specified in the law, but in practice, it has um, been defined as something that is due to the employee's code of, code of conduct and employee's performance. In other words, if the company is not doing well and you are now being made redundant, to use that word, uh, that's really not attributable to the employee. Mm. So it's attributable to the company. So it's not fair for the company to say, well, you're not entitled to any compensation because the company has not, now decided to phase out your job because it's really the company's decision to do so and has nothing to do with the employee's performance. So because of that, in, in the, I guess, the termination for reasons of redundancy uh, does not really legally exist in the UAE, and therefore it would ultimately be considered as arbitrary dismissal. And I will tell you, most terminations would actually uh, it would lead to compensation for arbitrary dismissal anywhere for fixed contracts it's for three months and unlimited contracts it's up to three months and depending on the duration of a job in most cases it is the full three months and that is even when the company may have legitimate reasons to terminate somebody for performance or issues of performance and that is because the only other way not to compensate employee or not to grant arbitrary dismissal compensation is if employee violates the UE labor law under what's often referred to as article 120 and that's basically for gross misconduct and so if an employee is terminated for gross misconduct then the company can avoid paying these various elements i just um, i just mentioned uh, and only pay the prorata salary and prorata vacation and nothing else, no notice, no arbitrary dismissal, no end of service. So that's called uh, termination for cause or valid termination, and that's under Article 120. However, in reality, uh, the burden of proof 
and the burden of action that the company must go through in order to uh, to fire someone under Article 120 is quite high, quite stringent. And in our experience, most companies have not really been able to met, uh, to meet that threshold. And therefore, in most cases, even if internally they have documents to show the employee somehow uh, did not perform uh, properly or um, uh, or did something that sort of violated the company's protocol or, or uh, code of conduct, in most cases, the companies do not have enough proof to show that they followed the whole uh, scrutiny of things that they needed to do under the law in order to avail themselves of the Article 120 termination. So therefore, just to bring it all back, in, in most cases in the UAE, so the most that an employee can be can expect to receive is the payment for the notice period, uh, the end of service, the arbitrary dismissal, and unpaid uh, salary uh, and vacation up until that point. And there's one more element, and this is very important, any bonuses or commissions Mm. that they might have been entitled to. And this particular last element is quite interesting because in um, many companies' um, employment manuals, if you will, or, or bonus structures, uh, there's often the language that an employee will only receive their bonus or commission if they are still with the company at the, on the day when that particular commission or bonus is being paid out. The UAE courts do not accept that uh, interpretation of, uh, of, of agreement, if you will, because they look at bonuses and commissions as part of salary. In other words, bonuses, commissions, is something that you have earned, and so therefore, it shouldn't matter that uh, uh, that you are no longer with the company when the money is being paid, if you will have already earned it before then. So in other words, and that's very typical for a company to have earned, uh, for for example, for sales, uh, but to actually pay out commissions and bonuses at the end of the year. But the employee, if just because the employee is no longer there, does not mean that they're no longer entitled. So the courts look at this as uh, as part of the salary, and therefore um, is an obligation of the company to pay to the employee. And if appropriate, they will they will use a prorata amount of of that payment. But generally, that is considered to be salary earned, and therefore has to be paid upon termination. So if you're part of a bonus scheme and you don't receive a bonus, even if you may have left the company 11 months previously, you are entitled by UAE law to uh, have that bonus applied to you. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Let's back up a little bit further. I want to look at um, acceptable grounds for employment termination. Could you briefly just run through what the UAE labor law would uh, hold is acceptable. Well, let me uh, let me say one thing. In the UAE, similar to, for example, um, the employment law in the U.S., uh, employment is considered at will, which means employment at will means that any party can terminate employment at any point in time for any reason. Okay. But it just becomes a matter of compensation. But generally, the it's it's a it's a, f- a free uh, employment relationship. It's um, so therefore, even if you signed a three-year contract, if you want to leave six months after that as an employee, you have full reasons to leave. So therefore, you don't really need to give any reason to um, uh, for why you either want to leave or why the company wants to terminate you. But it just becomes a matter of compensation. So if the reason is not given, or the depending on the reason, perhaps the company may need may be required to pay more than um, they would have to pay if there was a, a legitimate reason. But it really just is a matter of compensation. So in other words, w- with regards to reasons, you don't need to give any reasons. Anybody can, because it, 
and the law looks at it is that they don't want to force somebody to work either against their will or for a company to hire somebody against their will. Um, so therefore, it's, it's, it's termination or it's employment at will. Now, with regards to um, uh, compensation, so let's say one day I came to the office and my manager doesn't like the, the, the color of my hair. And so I get terminated in my fixed contract or a limited contract, and I get terminated uh, halfway into it. Uh, so they can do it, and I cannot do anything about it except that I can expect compensation because in that case it would be called uh, arbitrary dismissal. Okay. So in that case I would be entitled to, one, the notice period, uh, two, the end of service, uh, three, arbitrary dismissal of three months, full salary, and then whatever other, and four, whatever other unpaid salaries or commissions and bonuses I might have accrued as a result. Uh, so those are, I mean, that's, that's basically a matter, that, that's the maximum compensation that one could expect. However, if a company is trying to avoid paying all those, because it can be quite significant, especially if somebody has worked for a number of years, if the company is trying to avoid paying all that because they clearly believe and legitimately believe that an employee has done something that to damage the company, then that's when we go back to Article 120. And Article 120 states a few elements which would constitute a valid termination or termination for a cause, allowing company to uh, to uh, to avoid paying all these these elements um, of termination claim. And those ones, they're different scenarios, but generally it has to do with gross misconduct. So, uh, for example, when somebody caused damage to the company, but even then you have to prove damage and you also have to report damage. So it's not, uh, it cannot be that um, six months into it, the company looks back and says, well, six months ago we knew this employee did something and they damaged the company, so now we want to terminate him. So by law, you have to report if there's any significant damage to the company that employee might have caused, then you need to report them to the relevant authority. Usually it's the, the regulating entity that um, that's licenses the company. Uh, so that, so if you're claiming damage, then you make, need to make sure that you have reported them, one. Two, ultimately you also need to prove damage because let's face it, a company can always say somebody caused damage, but uh, there has to be some, they have to be able to, to prove it if they ever want to, uh, to rely on that in, before the courts. So they cannot just say that somebody uh, damaged uh, the company's business. Uh, then there's also the, some of the other grounds is that the person, for example, has been accused of, uh, not accused, has been uh, found guilty of particular, let's say, criminal act. But even in that case, just accusation alone or claim alone is not enough. There has to be a final judgment. And that is, for example, someone has um, has a criminal case against them for, let's say, a bounced check. Uh, and we've had a lot of companies who have tried to use that as grounds to terminate someone uh, under Article 120. But the law clearly states that there has to be a final judgment. So the allegation itself or ongoing case does not suffice or does not um, uh, warrant termination under Article 120. Um, so these are very these are some examples of very egregious acts. Usually they have to do something with either in the company's um, company's business uh, and therefore damage the company's business or employees own uh, values or code of conduct. So if 
they have criminal proceedings against them, it's uh, understandable why a company might not want to mm. uh, have them to, to continue working for them. So those are really uh, the only grounds uh, that could warrant termination under, under Article 120, thereby allowing company to avoid paying all these uh, uh, payments such as, the end of, uh, such as the end of service and notice period and arbitrary dismissal. And the burden of proof clearly with the employer. Let's move back to the employee for uh, finally uh, to the employee uh, and talk about recourse. Uh, if you feel you've been terminated unfairly, if you feel there was no gross misconduct, it hasn't been proved, what recourse do you have? Or, for example, you simply don't receive your dues, what can you do? Well, the, the recourse again comes down to what, what an employee is entitled to. Uh, and so, just as a wrap-up, the maximum the employee is entitled to are all these the salary, commissions, end-of-service notice, and arbitrary dismissal. So that's the maximum. Now, to uh, and so all employees can ultimately just ask for that, um, and um, and in, in that, if the company pays for it, then um, there's there's no other recourse. And in fact, a lot of companies do exactly that. Um, so many of them, when they go through redundancies, they realize they can no longer carry these uh, these roles. But they know that by law, they just they don't want to face cases, court cases, and they don't want to um, get stuck in pro, uh, protracted disputes with their employees. So they just offer them the maximum, and the maximum being uh, you know the, the arbitrary dismissal of three months, the notice period, and the end of service, and whatever else has been unpaid, not, not paid. Uh, so that's the maximum. So if, if you've been paid that, there's nothing else you can ask. Right. We've had employees, for example, who want to um, to also claim uh, damages that they might have suffered as a result of not being able to find a job timely because with, because of when they were fired or how they were fired. But these are not uh, not valid grounds under the UAE law. So this is really the maximum. Where would you go if you weren't paid your dues by a company? And if you were not paid your dues, and that usually comes down to that, because a lot of the times employees actually may be entitled to the maximum, the companies don't want to pay that to them because they know it's... These are often acrimonious uh, situations. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way to do it, it's um, in the UAE, there's a labor court, and it depends on which emirate, because most of the time you have to go to the emirate where you're employed. And so, but every emirate has a so-called labor court, and it's basically a labor division under the umbrella of the court. And depending on where the employee worked, there may be another step before you go to labor court. So all free zone employees first have to receive what's called an uh, NOC or no objection certificate from their licensing authority, free zone authority, uh, before they go to labor court, uh, apart from... Just one, which is JAFSA. In other words, if you work for TCOM uh, or uh, let's say Silicon Oasis uh, uh, or um, DMCC, and uh, you have an employment dispute and you want to file a case against your company, and then before you go to the court, to the labor court to file that, you need to get you need to go through a mediation process uh, with that particular free zone. And uh, if the mediation process is not successful, then the free zone will issue you an NOC or a no objection certificate. And with that NOC, you would go to court and then you will file a claim uh, before the labor courts. Ludmilla Yamalova is the managing partner of Dubai-based law firm Yamalova and Plethka as ever. Ludmilla, thank you. Thank you. 
That's it for another edition of The Logical Podcast. As you can appreciate, we are unable to cover every aspect of the UAE's legal framework in each episode of Logical, but if there's a specific question you'd like an answer to, get in touch via lylawyers.com or any of the social channels, and we'll try to answer it in a future edition of Logical. For a legal consultation, lylawyers.com is the best place to start. Just hit the contact button.